You're listening to Wild and Holy Radio. Honest conversations, love notes, and strategies to grow a business while building a life grounded in deep integrity. I'm Megan Hale, integrity expert, bringing mindset and energetic wisdom to help you show up braver, go all in, and expand into your fullest expression. Let's do this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Wild and Holy Radio. I'm Megan Hale, business mentor and leadership coach for women who are ready to increase their revenue and expand their impact by stepping into their fullest expression. This show blends the mindset and energetic wisdom with the business strategy to help you show up braver and go all in so you can be in your deepest integrity. If you are just now joining us, I am so glad you're here. I just went through a really big life transition moving from Texas to Nebraska. So this is actually my second episode coming to you from my new place in Omaha. And you guys, I have to tell you, my life feels just so much different in this new place. I have so many different structures and routines and practices and support that I just feel myself returning to such a brighter version of myself. And I think my kids are getting older too. Like all of these things <laughs> totally go hand in hand, but just helping me feel more me. So I am so glad to be back on the airwaves with you. And I'm especially glad to be joined by none other than Jaya Rose this week, who I've known for a while, just being in the same online space. And one of the things that I love about Jaya the most is her willingness to share her story and her behind the scenes of what it's really like pursuing your purpose in the world. So in our conversation today, we're going to be talking about her journey to finding her work now, the ins and outs of creating deeper embodiment, which you know I love, and why that is so crucial to sharing more of your story so you can step into more earning. If you are new to Jaya, she is a transformational speaker, a spiritual business coach, and essential oil educator. She helps multi-passionate entrepreneurs package their magic and speak clearly to the world who they are, what they do, and why they are the only one who can do it. So they can create financial freedom and a massive impact along the way. As I was talking with Jaya, I was really reminded of episode 47, the NQ of earning. So if you have not checked out that episode, make sure you do, because I dive into the very specific intelligence that we talk about today of really learning to deepen that mind-body connection so we can learn how to master our energy body, to really ground it during times of vulnerability and integrate our discomfort far faster so we can show up braver. You're going to hear Jaya talk about some of her tried and true practices that help her do this, that really support her nervous system. And we are catching her at such a good time too, because she's in the messy middle of expansion and up-leveling her business by making some big investments in new areas, which friends, if you have ever dropped a lot of cash into your business to get to a new level, I know you know the anxiety, the fear, the worry and doubt that can come with that, right? But as you'll hear in this interview, Jaya is practicing what she preaches by tuning in and grounding down so she can rise even higher. Another thing that I want to point you to is how we hold that space for ourselves when we're sitting in the discomfort of the unknown, right? If you're here to pursue big dreams in the world, you're going to sit in that in-between space where you have left the harbor of what you were doing and what felt safe, but you have not yet arrived to that next shore where you can see all those big risks pay off, right? 
And it is so essential that we trust ourselves to hold this space, friends, because chances are you're going to have to leave a lot of safe harbors to show up in your fullest expression. So I love this part of our conversation so much. And if this is something that you want to deepen into to really hold this space for yourself so you can expand, I want you to point, I want to point you to Jaya's Embody program that's currently enrolling right now and it begins next week. This container is so beautiful that focuses on helping you embody your soul's purpose with more clarity and honor your energy more deeply, two things that I am so behind. So if you're an empath who knows you're here to do big things, most definitely go and check it out with the link in the show notes and connect with Jaya. We're gonna be speaking together side by side at Shine Live, hosted by Chantel Adams in Kelowna, British Columbia, October 21st through 23rd. And obviously, Obviously, we would love to see you there in real life too. So let's get into this beautiful conversation. Here is the lovely Daya. Welcome back to the earning series, everybody. I am bringing my first guest into the mix, which I'm so excited to have her on because we just jive so well. We have such similar perspectives on approaching brave work in the world. And I am so excited to bring her perspective to all of you. So get ready for a treat. Daya, I am so thrilled that you're here with me. Welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, Megan. Thank you so much. And you are right because we could just go on and on and on and on about all of, you know, what we stand for and what we believe in. (laughs) Oh, and you know, the reason that I wanted to have you on in particular, as we kind of make our way into earning is because one of your core offerings in the world is all around embodiment. Mm -hmm. And I think learning how to be in your body, (laughs) learning Mm -hmm. how to attend to your energy to really show up braver is just such a core piece and helping us take brave action. So I would love to know how you came upon this concept of embodiment and started to integrate it into your life. Mm, Yeah. So I was actually a personal trainer before I did this whole online brave thing. And I did that for 12 years. So that was my core real career, actually, which is kind of not that normal of a career. I feel like a lot of people do it just to put themselves through college or they have this, it's a stepping stone. Mm -hmm. And for me, it really was, it encompassed a lot of my gifts and I was able to do some really great work. I loved it Mm -hmm. for a long time. But I also had this drive. I really wanted to help people on a deeper level. And I became a life coach just a few years in. So I had been a life coach and a personal trainer for about 10 years when I took my business online. But I had the mask of fitness Mm. where I knew that people would pay me for that, but I didn't know, I hadn't experienced, and I sort of didn't believe that they would pay me for all of me, the deep work, the spiritual work, the, you know, whether it be mindset or, and the embodiment piece. Mm -hmm. And so I've had quite a process of unveiling and really unleashing my own authentic power around what I'm meant to do. Mm. And And of course, I let go completely of fitness because I had to just, I was like, that's not it. And I went into visibility, which I think is probably when you and I met online. Yes. Because I was visible, right? I was doing live video and live video had just came out and I loved the communication piece. It was like I had to own my throat chakra. Mm -hmm. I was like, I have something valuable to say. And it was, it served me well. I built a six figure business in under a year Mm -hmm. teaching other women how to share their message and their voice. Love it. It was really powerful, but it still wasn't all of me. 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, this is another piece. But then I completely had let go of truly what I call now holistic success. Mm. And I think that that's my voice in all of this is like, yes, and yeah. of course oh. it's my, <laughs> right? You know, I love this so much. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you, you know, it's like, yes, success. Yes, money as you, I mean, I love your holistic approach to talking about money, which is mm-hmm. what drew me to you most recently too. Yeah. And um, for me, it, the embodiment piece really came full circle when I started asking big questions mm-hmm. around what am I really meant to be known for and mm-hmm. who am I meant to serve at my highest level and in return so they can serve at their highest level. So I, I love your journey in particular because I, one, find it so relatable because I think a lot of us, when we are starting businesses, we're like, people will pay us for our expertise, Yes. but will people pay me for just being me? Mm-hmm. And this is such an important shift to make in regards to lots of things, but especially in regards to earning and seeing the value that you are bringing to the world simply by being you and sharing your perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so- It's a whole nother level, right? Oh, it's like yeah. a whole nother level of worth. Yes, absolutely. So I am really curious from you know your perspective, like embodiment to me is really the practice of staying present when things get scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's really mm-hmm. about staying in your body instead of letting these voices of self-doubt kind of self-sabotage you. Yeah. And it's this practice of just staying present with the discomfort mm-hmm. and, and, ta- and choosing to take a step forward anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I love for that. you, you have so much like mind body perspective here. Yeah. Like from being a personal trainer, I have no doubt that you know how to do the mindset stuff to push through mm-hmm. next yep. levels of physical fitness. Right. But you also have this yeah. body awareness of how the body operates on its own energy mm-hmm. level. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. And I never even allowed myself to go fully into it when I was doing it. Like all of what's possible now. And I love how before we hit record, we were talking about the nervous system, mm-hmm. you know, and our energetic body as well, mm-hmm. and our emotional body and our spiritual body. And that's what I truly opened up to is that the reason I was drawn to be a personal trainer, oh, and you'll love this. I don't think I've told you this. I was 26 at the time uh-huh. and I had a six-year-old. I was a single mom. And yeah, I've been a mom since, you know, I got pregnant at 19. I had my first failed marriage under my belt by 24, was headed into my second failed marriage by 27. Mm. I know like I'm a, I'm an early riser in some ways. And I knew (laughs) one thing about all of that is that I never have ever had time to just F around. Like I'm not, oh, what do I want to do? Let me take years to figure it out. Let me go back to school and you know, no, I needed to figure it out and I need to do it now. And at that point, I knew what my strengths were and you know, no shocker here, but my real core strength through and through all the time is that I'm easy to talk to Mm -hmm. and I'm insightful Mm -hmm. and I always have been, right? People are comfortable around me. And so I was like, I'm probably supposed to be a therapist. Like that's what I thought at the time, Mm -hmm. but there was no way I was going to go to eight years of schooling at that point. (laughs) That's a long time. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. You totally know. Right. Well, when, what am I going to go do that just to become a life coach later in this like glorious online space? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like I did. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) 
Thank you for validating that I did not need to do that. And I really looked at, you know, okay, well, what are my gifts? And, and I, I knew what they were. And I said, well, I could either be a hairdresser or a personal trainer because I could do both of those things within a year. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and I, right? Like literally that's how I picked my career. <laughs> well, I love that time is of the essence though, but there's also this sense of urgency. And I think oftentimes when there's that urgency, it can create a lot of pressure that can either paralyze us or propel us. Yes. And to me, you, it seems like it really propelled you to take massive action. Well, that's 100% my MO. Like yeah. as we were talking about Facebook ads and everything I do in my business is always three steps ahead of where I actually am mm-hmm. so that I do it. <laughs> I just commit. So this is a perfect opportunity for us to kind of go into this new direction here because, you know, when I was on your podcast, we were talking about this big leap that you were taking and how do you actually like embody that sense of success before it arrives? Yeah. And I have no doubt (laughs) because this, that our conversation was just a couple months ago and I have no doubt that you already have some wisdom on Mm. what that looks like in action. Yeah. 100%. Right. And it's like, you don't know what you, you don't know. So I think there's an aspect of this and this is, I believe some of the work you do and what I do in embody is all about creating the foundation Mm -hmm. for this holistic success that Mm -hmm. you desire and like the bigger life and the bigger mission, fulfilling that bigger mission. And so you can prepare all you want, but this is what I've found. You have no idea what it's going to feel like and you don't know the timing of the universe either. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the embodiment piece is really so powerful for control freaks yep. um, and, and highly sensitive. I so I one, so I know. <laughs> yeah, right? It's so good to know that about yourself. I am so controlling, but I'm controlling about my environment, about my health, about my body, and about my energy and who I invest time with and all these things. Yes. But yet then it frees up all this space to completely surrender to what the universe has in store. Yeah. And I feel like that's what the embodiment is. I give people the tools, practical tools and skills to align with those desires so that you can actually start to receive them in the physical form. But so much of that is trust. Oh my gosh. (laughs) It's the embodiment of the unseen too. It's not just the physical body. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that because, you know, I taught a, a money love course this summer and I'm really starting to see all how all these spiritual work of really untethering from what I was taught to believe around God or the divine and really creating my own messages around that has been so instrumental and foundational to doing the same with money. Mm. And I think that it's so easy for us to overlook like the spiritual work of like, well, let's just go to the mindset work. Let's just, you know, go to the strategy. But it's like, but what about the spiritual piece of all this that really allows you to trust in something that bigger than you? Yes. Seeing that you're always held, that you're always supported, that things are always working out in your favor. Because when we talk about embodiment, I mean, what we're really talking about, like, is not just staying present with the discomfort, but you have to rest in something else. That's what allows you to stay present with that discomfort, right? It's like that reassuring um, salve almost. It's like, okay, this is hard and everything's also working out in my favor. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's the being in it. You know, the actual definition of embodiment or to embody something is to make it real in the physical form. Mm, and, that, and that is exactly what you're saying. It's not just about your body, but your body is the vehicle in which you are perceiving your life from. Mm-hmm. 
And if you're perceiving it from a place of fear, then your body is going to be holding that fear, which is going to set the tone of the frequency you're living in and therefore the communication you're having with the universe. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's literally, right? And so it's spiritual, but it's like a grounded way to understand, well, if I feel this way, well, this is what I'm attracting more of in. So if I what, what I desire to attract in, then I'm going to have to learn how to adjust my feelings. And that's not just easy. You know, that's not just a one, two, three snap no. of the finger. No, not at right? all. These are processes. So I think this is that, and that to me is like what embodiment is really about. I think people have different takes on it. That just happens to be mine. Yes. So I want to kind of get into your own practices here because I think it would be really helpful. And I think that you're like, you're so in it right now because you're going through a very expansive time in your business. Yes. Yes. So what are the things that you're practicing to like hold space for yourself while you're in this big expansive energy? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a couple of the things are ingrained and I always practice them, but I'll be happy to share with them, share them with you and your audience. I think they're going to be very helpful because mm. do you tend to talk to people who are empathic and more sensitive, more creative? Yeah, I definitely think my people are, are intuitive for sure. Yeah. 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 So what happens when we have that is like, we have these energetic systems that are running all the time, mm-hmm. you know, like with empathy, for example, when you're feeling someone else's feelings, you're not controlling how much of that you're feeling, right? Mm -hmm. It's coming into your system. And we don't realize how much energy we are putting out through these other channels, Mm -hmm. through other people or just through situations that trigger us. Mm -hmm. And um, this is definitely a big piece of what I personally need to manage because I am so sensitive and so empathic Mm -hmm. that I will be burnt out from other people's energy in like one second. Yeah. And so, and even, um, even my own energy levels based on actions I take like different, something else will make me give me energy and something else will deplete it. And it's like this whole process of learning that. And so I do something called a 30% rule and it's really fun. So I'll teach it to you right now. It's very simple. It's, um, through the concept of your cup. So if you want to sort of think about it that way, your cup being full or being empty, and you want to set a 30% at the bottom. So there is going to be 30%. There is not, in in a sensitive person's world, if you allow yourself, and this is what I found, especially with having a really sensitive nervous system, mm-hmm. that if your nervous system is actually in fight or flight really often, mm-hmm. you're going to get down below that 30% mark. And when you do, it actually takes you longer to recover than someone else. Mm, right? Yeah, so people who are like running on, you see that term running on fumes mm-hmm. or like burning the midnight oil, whatever those things, mm-hmm. you know, it, hustling right? It's in that hustle mode where we're in fight or flight in our bodies. Now that serves some people, some people can do it. Like it's fine. Drink another cup of coffee, stay up a little later. Mm -hmm. If I did that for one day, I would like die the next day. Mm -hmm. And this is holding so many very creative, very passionate women back because they don't understand their own energetic system. I think this is so important. And the way this shows up for me is when I'm forcing something Mm. versus when I'm allowing it to flow. And I have had to do a lot of work because I'm a, I'm more of a type A, like high achiever oriented person who like when they have a plan, it's like, let's execute the plan. Let's get it done. Yeah. But (laughs) sometimes that's not on my timing. That's on the universe's timing. Right. 
And so I had found like previously in my work that when I was trying to force something on my timing, when it wasn't ready yet, I was literally wearing myself down to the bone, trying to make something happen when it wasn't its time yet. And I've had to do a lot of work of really starting to tune into the timing of things. So things can flow more easily that helps support me long-term in getting more done. Because otherwise I'm sitting here using all of this forceful energy to push one little pebble up the hill when there's all these other pebbles that also need to get moved. Yeah. <laughs> and if I say like, that's not a good strategy right? <laughs> on the pebble, it's like, well, what's going to happen to all these other ones? I literally don't, wouldn't have the energy. Oh, totally. You got to load them into a wheelbarrow and hire someone else to push that. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that, too. that too. But then I also realized that if there was a totally different way of, of being and doing, And if I could learn to relax on when things needed to get done, they actually could get done in my timing with a lot less force. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So beautiful. And do we even need to do some of them? That's sort of my question. So if you think about, this will complement what you're saying really well, I like to give like quantify the energy behind something. And and now I don't do this daily. I would, it's almost like counting calories. Like you would go crazy, but at some point you just sort of know how something makes you feel when you eat it and you don't have to count calories. Right. So it's kind of, it's kind of like that where you could quantify. So say you have 30% and you know, or that's three and you give yourself like energy points for the day, or you look at your schedule or you look at what you typically do in a day and you say, well, no wonder I'm exhausted at the end of the day, or I don't show up fully for X, Y, and Z, or maybe for myself Mm -hmm. because my day is costing me 15 and I only have 10 and actually you only have seven. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. You only have seven because otherwise you're going to spend half your life recovering for trying to do it like them. Oh, that's so good. Right. It's so good. And it's like so easy to get caught up in it too. Right. Because we live in this world that's always on always like it oh, never yeah. turns off. And so we're like, how in the world am I ever going to like get there wherever there is? Yep. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how I do it. So, so this is one of the things that I have, this is a program I have running, right? Like assessing how much energy it requires, Mm -hmm. deciding if I choose that, right? Mm -hmm. So like assessing and deciding, we're always all doing that all the time, but inside of what program are you doing it within is the question, right? Let's talk more about that. Okay. So yeah. So (laughs) So we're assessing and we're deciding. And so my point is that this becomes autopilot. We want this to be autopilot where you're choosing things that are nourishing for your body and for your energetic life and for your spiritual life and for your relationships, everything, right? Like nourishment is one word I use a lot. Like, oh, and I'll feel it. I'll start to get low. And maybe sometimes, listen, I'm not perfect at this either because Megan, what you're asking is about how to do it in a time of expansion. Mm -hmm. So when you're expanding, the same things that cost you X amount of energy before Mm -hmm. will cost you more energy. Yes. Right? And you won't know until then you feel a little depleted and you need to, and this is just where awareness comes in. You're like, oh, let me be kind to myself and recognize that I'm depleted and let me nourish myself so that I can now, oh, now I get it. And so that's definitely where I am. I'm like, oh, I have had anxiety. I've literally been awake 
for the last three nights, waking up with anxiety flashes and my body getting hot. Mm-hmm. This has never happened to me in my life. I literally sleep like a baby every single night for like eight hours every night. Mm-hmm. I'm like the best sleeper. Oh my gosh. That <laughs> yeah. sounds like such a gift right now to see oh. young babies. I'm like, please. <laughs> Oh, I know. Well, except I have had babies. So yeah, that's another story. And that drove me bonkers. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm sorry. (laughs) I quit. (laughs) I quit. Oh my gosh. So everything that you're talking about is something, um, it brings to mind the expansion series that I did um, like when I first started Wild and Holy Radio. And I talked about these three phases that we move through when we're going through a big expansion. And the middle one is when we're really upgrading all of our TFDs, which is our thoughts and our feelings and what we do to embody mm. this next level that we're moving into, right? Yeah. And what most of us don't realize is that when we're in that messy middle of upgrading our thoughts and our feelings and our actions to be in alignment with this next version of self, it takes so much conscious energy and effort because we are moving away from doing things on autopilot and doing things very consciously and intentionally. And so when we're in this phase, we're obviously more tired and depleted because we're using so much more energy, the attention to our thoughts and our feelings and what we're actually doing. And so it makes total sense to me while you're in this place of deep expansion, like you're experiencing more energetic depletion because you're having to exert more, right? Oh my gosh. Exactly. And like I said, even like I'm kind of a master at all this stuff, right? Like I teach this stuff, but that it doesn't mean that I know what I don't know. Oh, well, no, here's the thing. Just because we, we know it and we teach it doesn't mean moving through it is like we get to bypass the actual no. physical effects of it, right? Oh my gosh, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, so that is current moment. And what I realized is, well, I've sort of abandoned myself a little bit. I wasn't doing my practices as much. So a few of the practices that really helped me, I'll share with you, because I think that's how you started asking me this, but I wanted to sort of give you the full picture. Yes. A couple of the actions that are very important are physical movement, no shocker. Mm-hmm. But I love yoga. So when I did fitness, I actually did it for a year online, and I built a fitness academy, and I have over 60 fitness videos online. Wow. That yeah, I know. It's so crazy. Um, I actually, in my Embody program, they do my yoga videos, but I, nobody does my, like, I have these like workout videos. It was for busy mamas. That was my audience. You, if you want some, you're welcome to have yeah, some. I'm like, where are these? They're <laughs> so good. They're like free weights and like a kettlebell and a ball. And it's a 20 minute weight training workout, you know? Awesome. Um, but I do the yoga videos now. And so they're a 15 or 20 minute yoga series. And that will help me so much a lot. And I do love to go to the gym and lift weights too and yeah. go for walks and stuff. So working out is always a big thing for me. But what I used to do is just work out. I used to not meditate. I used to have spiritual practices, but I never really, I was like, meditating is not for me. Mm-hmm. And if I don't do kundalini yoga, breathing or some meditation, then I get anxiety in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that's like it's. I need to be very, very deliberate about this, yeah. or I'm going to be a mess. <laughs> no, and I think that that's so important. Like to even notice the correlation, right? Because I think oh. oftentimes when we start experiencing um, like a different way of life, like when we are more anxious, for instance, we're like we don't even really stop to think of what's what has changed here. What am I not mm. doing? It's almost like a diet. 
right? Yeah. And we have like a spiritual diet, just like we have our, a normal food mm-hmm. diet. But when we adjust that diet, it's going to have an effect on our mental state, our mental well-being, our energy, all of those things. Yep. No, it's so true. And I I just will be taken down though if I, I don't. I don't have an option. I can't just medicate and just drink caffeine because I'm tired. Like I will die. I'm just yeah. too sensitive. So I, it's very important, which this is why I do this work in the world, yeah. right? This is my motivation because I need to practice it every single day. And I know there are other women out there like me who don't have the tools and skills and they need them. Well, the other thing that I hear as you're talking is there are some energetic boundaries that I'm sure you put in place too. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I don't talk to anybody ever. (laughs) (laughs) I don't leave my house. Um, Though like some days I don't leave my house. Um, But I, if I do, I'm, yeah. I mean, I kind of don't like people that much anymore, which is weird because I do everything I do is for people. Like I love people. Yeah. (laughs) But um, I can't just hang out with people. They talk to me about themselves incessantly. Mm. I bet that happens for you as well. Well, I think it's like being really discerning with who you are giving your energy to. Yeah. And like your energy is also like your presence, right? Like yeah. you listening, you, t- you hearing, you processing somebody else's stuff and mm-hmm. you having to be really decisive on who gets that from you and who doesn't so you can show up fully for yourself, but also your clients. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a huge, a huge one. It's just like, who, who are you allowing into your energetic field? Mm -hmm. That's very big. Um, You know, the other thing I would imagine you having to do too, something that I, I have found that really helps me balance and ground my energy is even setting firm boundaries with myself on things that I worry about. Yes. Like, I'm like, I'm not available for that. Yes. <laughs> so I just started that this week because when you do, when you go bigger and you don't know what you don't know, and all of a sudden, you know, you don't know it. So now yeah. it's in a whole nother realm, yeah. right? And it's just outside your comfort zone, like a mofo, yeah. and right? So this is, um, that's, that's where I am. And in that, I find that I need to have those practices that get me out of that worry. Cause the worry, you'll just, you're like, I don't know. And I don't, Oh crap. Oh crap. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Now what? I'm going to worry. So I just made a deal with myself. I was like, anytime I go down this hole, it feels like a whole energetic hole. I'm like, everybody hates me. This isn't going to work. And now I'm sucked into the vortex where that might actually be true. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the thing that I have found, especially like learning how to stay grounded is worry is one of those things. It's almost like, I call it like a what if cloud. And Mm -hmm. once you start down this worry path, it's like you get sucked up into this cloud and it's like all these what ifs that you don't ever know the answer to. And you can literally what if yourself to death because there's Mm -hmm. 9 million. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, there's plenty of evidence (laughs) that you could play out of what could happen. And what ends up happening energetically is that instead of you having like these, these boundaries that contain your energy, now your energy is just starting to be like splattered all over the place. And so you tend to feel very frazzled, right? Yep. And from that place, it's like, we don't feel very centered at all. And it's hard for me to focus when I'm in that place. It's Mm -hmm. hard for me to uh, believe in myself when I'm in that place, because it's like a wide open door for self-doubt to come in. Mm -hmm. And then it just starts slowing down all the momentum of what I'm really here to do. And so I have found like learning how to stay grounded and minimize the anxiety is really, really important for just me 
showing up as my fullest self, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. So it's like, how do you do that is the question, right? And I think there's different things for everybody. I love essential oils. Mm. I'm a total essential oil junkie. I'm a natural healing junkie as well. Like I heal everything with oils and natural remedies and mm-hmm. I always have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that helps me a lot. So I, like I was saying, I'm in this phase of that stuff is coming up. I mean, I would totally be lying to say it's not. And, and when it so, does, I was like, <clears throat> I, I use um, Roman chamomile essential oil. I went in and I was like, I'm going to pick an oil that's my trigger oil that I put on that brings me into the happier place, into the out of that dark hole. <laughs> so just for everybody who's listening, so Jaya is going through a very big expansion in her business right now where she is diving into the world of Facebook ads and this whole different marketing strategy that is new and it's different and it, it has different financials that are going behind it, all of the things. Mm-hmm. And anytime we are making a really big investment like that, where we are not sure when we're going to get our return and we're hoping that all these things work out and we're able to uh, find the people that we are most here to help, this is going to be a very expansive period where you're just having to lean full-fledged and trust mm-hmm. and faith and stay the course. And I think that oftentimes, uh, like this is a big risk because that's how it feels, right? Because we don't know how all these elements are going to work together. And if you do it right, it's actually going to take some time to make it all work together, right? Yeah. Yeah, There's a lot. You have to sit in the unknown a lot. Yeah. Um, But you're right. Like what you just said about how the worry and the what if cloud will get you, ultimately it will get you away from what you're really here to do. Mm-hmm. And not, and so the why piece, I would say from a mindset perspective, one of the things I focus on a lot is the why. And then I do embodiment practice around that of just allowing the feelings to swirl yeah. and truly sink in. And then I anchor them. And so all of this is just done through a, awareness and intention, really, right? Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy. It's just like, okay, Jaya, what is that why? Get back into it because I'm doing all of this big, crazy, scary, financially risky things in order to get my message out and serve the people I'm here to serve. That is why I'm doing this. And I love that you're doing it. I love that you are leaning into this big leap and this big risk and you're leaning into the unknown and holding yourself here. Like I think this is what differentiates people who like really create their dreams because you're willing to take that big risk into the unknown. And those were like, Oh, you know, that's just a little too scary for me. So I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing and I'll just settle for what I can do here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You just summed up like most people. <laughs> so I think the thing that I hear from all, from everything that you're saying are two different levels of intelligence that I really kind of in, teach in, in my programs. One of, of course, is emotional intelligence, which I really hear this capacity of you being able to, to feel your emotions, to label your emotions, to almost like put them out in front of you to like really see them, to look how big they are, how vibrant they are, everything that's going, all the different dynamics that are feeding into that emotion, right? Mm-hmm. But then you also have this other level of intelligence, which I call energetic intelligence. And that's actually how we are aware of how our emotions are impacting our nervous system mm-hmm. and how we can take our body through our breath and through like our actual, you know, chakras and, and our energy and learn how to manipulate that. 
to ground us and to, or we can send our energy out too, right? It's not always mm -hmm. about going down. Sometimes it's about going up and playing with what could be when that's when we're kind of like playing the what ifs to our favor, right? Which yeah. you're going to what if yourself, <laughs> yeah. At least use it to your benefit, right? And I love that you really embody both of these different types of intelligence. I think it's like, that's when we start stepping into a different level of leadership. Mm. Oh, I received that. Thank you for that reflection. You're welcome. So for you, do you like find emotional intelligence is something that's like a big component of how you operate? Because I would imagine being an empath, like you're, you live in emotion mm -hmm. pretty much all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 100%. You know, what's so interesting as you're saying this about intelligence mm -hmm. is that I, at this point in my life do, I really do like, what do I say? Like appreciate, or I, I know how smart I am and I know what I bring to the table, I mm -hmm. should say. but I didn't for a long time because the regular school systems, um, they don't honor this type of intelligence. Mm -hmm. And I almost well, I basically flunked out of high school. I skipped the entire senior year and mm -hmm. somehow made it work, but, and, you know, graduated. And part of what I was looking at when I was 26 and saying, but what are my gifts? You know, that was the intelligence, right? Like I knew that there were things in me that are innately me that are of service to other people. Cause the other part of my desire is to help people. Yeah. So it's like, well, what, what is the natural ability I have to then help people? And that's such, and that's a type of intelligence that is not taught in school, nor is it valued. Right. And so I didn't value it yeah. for a long time. And it, I, I, I was good enough. Like I, I was an entrepreneur. I had my own business. I had a fit two different fitness studios over the course of the 10 years, 12 years that I was a, a personal trainer. I was great with clients. I knew that I had something, right? That made all of this work. But it wasn't until I took my business online and stepped into this vacuum. And like I said to you, when did I joke? Like if you want to grow and heal really at a rapid pace, <laughs> do Facebook ads. <laughs> if you're willing to do the healing, right? I love it. If that's your agenda. And my agenda is to grow and heal and share that healing and help other people grow and heal too. Yeah through all of this. And, I, and the other thing too, though, is like, you've really owned like your story and yeah. stood inside of it. And like, I think that there's so many opportunities, like <clears throat> in your story in particular, where you've really had to redefine like what success is because it's looked different than the traditional idea. Right. Yeah, and time. so you have totally stepped in and you've owned it and you've used it to your power. And I know that this is something that you and teach inside impactful storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Because there, there are these, I call us misfits. Like there's this whole crew of rebellious, mm -hmm. spirited, <laughs> highly intelligent, highly emotionally intelligent, intelligent, intuitively intelligent women who have a goal to do something with their gifts yep. and help people. And that's right. That's what we're both here to do is help serve in this arena. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I don't know if there was a question there. I feel like. <laughs> well, I mean, I would love to, to hear more about like what impactful storytelling has done for you. Like why yeah. is this important for you to teach? Yeah. Yeah. So I know we were talking a little bit about that. That's kind of something I have coming up. And the reason that I chose to do it is because it is something that 
it has the double edge where one, I do believe it comes natural for me, but I had to work a lot at it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if that, so, so in some ways, I guess that just means mastery. I think that makes you a really excellent teacher. I think so as well. And I think it's, it's the mastery that I've chosen. I have gone on a path in the last two and a half years specifically, when I started asking the bigger questions, what am I meant to be known for Mm -hmm. and who am I meant to serve? My story came through as that was the answer. And I didn't know why it was the answer or what it was leading to, but I got a message that said, you need to just share your story. And it was almost like, share the stories that are relevant to you and to who you want to help and how you want to help them and just do that and something will come. Yeah. And it really, it really healed me in so many ways. There's a period of Facebook lives that if I went back two years, you would see every single one was me telling a different story. And some of them were current and something that just happened. And some were, Hey, I'm going to tell you the story of X, Y, and Z from my life, like my bigger stories. And I was doing that on purpose. That was no accident. I did it so that I could master it, honestly. And just because I felt a nudge to do it. And now I look back and think, well, oh yeah, (laughs) obviously, because I truly believe for women to rise and grow a profitable business, they need to know how to tell their story. This is basic marketing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So from just like the simple, more masculine side of things, you know, you have to learn how to do it as a, as a skill set for your marketing. And I love the idea that it is impactful. The impact is not only for your audience, but it's also for you. And this is a big yes. And because I go to a lot of live events, I speak at a lot of events Mm -hmm. and therefore I sit in the audience at a lot of, at a lot of events. Mm -hmm. It's something that a lot of people do at events when they put one on, especially in the type of event I tend to speak at, which is really like about the hundred person event, Mm -hmm. not, not super big yet. Right. But these people who put on these hundred person events tend to have students who want to speak on stage too. Mm -hmm. And then they allow their students to take up a big portion of the day Mm -hmm. speaking. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Have you seen this? Like this is an epidemic. Okay. This is big. I want to just say like, I don't know, I have a lot of opinions, but I'll just give you the one that's relevant to storytelling. And that is that it is freaking painful. Okay. I'm just gonna be real. Mm. Painful. And, and this is the thing is like, I love empowerment. I love supporting women. And it's not really supporting someone to just self-indulge themselves while they tell their story for the first time and heal themselves. Like congratulations. The job. Mm. But how is that relevant to an audience? You could have done that with people who love you or in the mirror. I see what you're saying. So it's almost like when you go to speak at an event, it's really like understanding the impact you want your story to have. Yes. what's What's the ROI for somebody who is receiving it? Right. And so many people, and this is, this is the thing. It's like, I'm not going to knock the healing process because it does heal you to tell your story. Absolutely. But listen, you're a therapist. Like go to a therapist and tell your story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's pay somebody to listen to you. Don't have people pay to listen to you. Well, I think that this kind of goes back to something Brene Brown talks about where she's like, you know, like share scars, not wounds. 
Yes. That's really important um, to know the difference, right? Oh my God. And that's right. That's one of the things I teach. It's like how to know the difference and then how to move forward from there. Because the first, I teach a six phase framework around impactful storytelling. And the first phase has nothing to do with actually telling your story. It has only to do with recognizing your intention and the impact that your story can have on your audience. It's a way, it's a zoom out phase. And if we don't zoom out first, then we might never do it because the truth is, is it is scary to tell your story. It is vulnerable every time, no matter how good you good at it. And if you're not telling a story that scares you a little bit to tell it, then you should retire that story. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love that advice. I really right. do. I just <laughs> there has to be a charge. Yeah. No, I just went and did um, a speaker training up in Kelowna with Chantal oh, yeah. Adams for her Center yeah. Stage Live program, which I adored, by the way. I totally yes. recommend it for so many people. And I think you spoke at Shine Live at, at one point, didn't you? You know, did I speak? No, but I'm friends with Chantel and I've gone to Shine Life twice, but no, I didn't. No, I didn't speak there. Okay. I might've seen that picture from some other event that you spoke at. What? I'm thinking I, of. Yeah. I've been with her a lot though. So, and we've spoke at similar events a couple times. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I really loved about the process of like, even just crafting a speech is like, you know, my first draft, it was really like, I, I read it and I liked it, but it was like, why am I telling it? Like, what's mm. the, what's the giveaway that I want people to, to take from this? Right. And yeah. I think, you know, impactful storytelling is really knowing your story well enough to know what it taught you. Yeah. To know what, how it's changed you, how it's shifted you. And I think that's one of the most beautiful ways to share your story is to share the hard stuff and the struggle but also the gift that it gave you. Um, because I think that it's just, it offers hope and it yeah. offers healing to others, but you first have to heal yourself with it 100%. before you give it to others, right? And it also does heal you a little bit more every time. Oh, yeah. So I would never take that away from it because, and that's the charge that I'm talking about. Like if a story is stale, don't tell it. Mm-hmm. And that charge, and you could tell the same story over and over again. I've told a number of my stories on stage multiple times and I'm still just as excited about it every time. Yeah. So it's not as though you need a, to do one a different one every time, you know? That's not at all what it is. Yeah. So mm-hmm. how do you think how do you think storytelling has um it benefited your business? <laughs> I think it's literally everything. Yeah. Even if I'm not telling a story, I feel like the authenticity that people feel when they come to my, you know, to any of my social media, especially, but I'm hopefully my website, but I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Um, even my emails, I tend to share personal things and a story here and there. And so I feel like it's become a part of my brand. And here's the one thing that it will do. If we're just talking strategically, because this is what I love about it. A lot of the stuff I teach, pretty much the ROI is very hard to describe, mm-hmm. you know? And it's it's like, really, you could choose to do it or not. Like, you don't have to. You don't have to be powerful, you know? Mm-hmm. You don't have to leverage the laws of the universe. You don't have to be embodied in your leadership. Mm-hmm. It's going to help you if you are, right? But like, oh, yeah. people kind of know they have to learn how to tell their story for their business, yeah. right? So it's cool because I can say, okay, well, the strategic part of telling your story here, very simply put, it's going to create authority and no like and trust. 
Yeah. And you can guess and surmise for yourself, for every business, what is that going to do? It's going to grow your audience. It's going to grow your ability to sell more easily and it's going to make more money. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I think too, it's like when you, when you're sharing your story and people know the struggles that you've overcome, it's like when somebody meets somebody that's going through a similar struggle, they're like, oh, you need to go and talk to Jaya. Like she knows she's been there. Right. And I think yeah, it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have a likeness with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is so, it's so multifaceted and layered. And I just, I love it because in order to really stand on stage and powerfully share your story, you need to have more than just a framework. Mm. And I love that I have the ability to give the framework, but also that back-end work of the embodiment of standing there with the power and the self-knowledge and the intelligence that you're talking about Mm -hmm. to read the room and to know what's relevant and what's not relevant and to be really present with your audience because that is ultimately healing. And that's what people want from you. Mm, so good. So tell me, when is this workshop that you're doing? Ooh, so it's Thursday, August 15th. Awesome. And, and it's an online workshop and, and people are welcome to come live. A lot of people will be there live and there will be some Q&A at the end. Um, but then there's also, I'm going to turn it into a beautiful little digital course so that you get access to that, the masterclass, you know, recorded too. Awesome. So is the, the workshop on the 15th, is that in person in Portland? No, that one's online. I'm doing an in-person in Portland on August 10th. So I'm running it twice in one week, one live in Portland on Saturday, August 10th, and then one online August 15th. Awesome. Okay. Because I know that I have some listeners in Portland. So that would be so rad if they joined you in person. Oh my gosh. That would be amazing. It's so good in person because then you get the opportunity to actually share and get, get your juices flowing around your story and all those good things. I love it. And I love the idea of like really blending in person with online as a business yeah. model too. Yeah, I do too. I feel like I need it. I like both. Yeah, for sure. Well, Jaya, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about embodied leadership with me and impactful storytelling. I adore you. And I just appreciate you coming and sharing your wisdom. Oh, I adore you. And thank you. You're welcome. All right, guys. Until next time, here is to the courage to show up braver, full heart full self. All in. We got this.